The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. I said that since you're being honest here, tell me if you ever felt sorry for making that choice. He was weak at that point, but he just started laughing and said, of course not. Nothing compares to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Coming up now on First Person, Ed Cannon and Victor Oktorov join me in conversation about the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Welcome to this week's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You'll find additional information, including the schedule of upcoming guests, at firstpersoninterview.com. Something a little different this week, we're going to feature some conversational highlights from the new podcast called Until All Have Heard. Ed Cannon, president of FEBC, and I have started this podcast to feature behind-the-scenes stories of what God is accomplishing through the work of FEBC broadcasters scattered around the world. In a moment, you'll hear a bit of that very first podcast as Ed talks about his call to serve FEBC in his leadership capacity. And then in the second half of First Person, Ed will interview Viktor Oktorov, the Russian ministries director. Victor is from Ukraine and will tell a powerful story of men martyred for their faith in that country just a few short years ago, coupled with his own father's experience of persecution. Let's turn to segment one now as Ed talks about the people God has called to serve Christ at FEBC. We we have about 1,200 employees, is so right? I don't okay. know exactly how many of them are broadcasters. The way FEBC works is very different than broadcasting here in the United States. Some of our broadcasters... Uh, are on mic for programs during the day. They're also technical specialists. Sometimes they're sweeping the floor, and they're often mm-hmm. out in the community visiting with people. So uh, FEBC staff around the world are very much utility players in the broadcasting right. industry. And the thing about the FEBC on-air people, they're all speaking the local language to uh, to the people they know best right there in their local community. Do you know how many languages that is, Wayne? I've forgotten. You have to tell me. We've just recounted as we've added a number of new languages in the last year or so. As of today, FEBC's broadcasting in 142 languages. Wow. That's I love remarkable. to say, you know, we broadcast in 142 languages in almost 50 countries with all these indigenous broadcasters. But, Wayne, we only have one message. That's a message of hope through salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I've always thought about, you know, you got to set your goal big. Um, you know, we think about goals and um, what's the biggest goal? What, when would our job be finished? You know, you say, well, we can't say we will continue to work until all are believers because we know that that probably won't happen. But And then we say, well, we, we just continue to broadcast until we've reached a number of languages. Well, that's not any good either. So when we thought about the long-range end-of-job mission of FEBC, we will continue to use media to broadcast the gospel until all have heard. Hmm. So that's our end state. That's our goal. That's, that's what we're shooting for. Romans ten fourteen. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one that they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless someone has sent them? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You know what I love about that verse, in addition to the fact that it's so meaningful? Our founder, Dr. Bob Bowman, who started FEBC 75 years ago, became a very dear friend of mine. I didn't meet him until he was about 95 years old, but he had a tremendous heart for the Lord, tremendous passion uh, to continue the ministry of FEBC on and on and on. And I had the privilege of reading that verse at his memorial service. Oh, wow. In front of thousands of people. Many were longtime fans of FEBC. Many staffers from around the world actually engaged in his memorial service, some online, some in person. They loved him. And yep. that verse really represented who he was. How we love Dr. Bowman. It, uh, incredible story, the history of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Yeah. You know, I think with, today, if you pick up the newspaper, it's so easy to get discouraged. Division and uh, hatred everywhere, and not just in America, but internationally. I mean, the, the, the issues that are going on in Hong Kong and China, uh, the issues going on in countries like India and Russia, you can get very discouraged if you just look at the news. We're here to paint a different picture of what's going on in the world today, mm. the world that, that God's in control of. Well, he's in control of everything, but as he's weaving together stories that will ultimately result in his will being accomplished, we get the opportunity to see that in FEBC. The world doesn't get to see it, but right. the negative impact that the COVID virus is having, and yet we see a silver lining in that cloud. Many, many thousands of people writing in to our broadcasters around the world, sending us emails and texts saying, I'm scared. I'm afraid. My mother is sick. My father lost his job. I've lost my job. My family is hungry. And yet I hear this message of hope that only I get when I'm listening to broadcasts from FEBC, uh, messages that talk about things more important than the current crisis, things that are eternal, things that give me assurance, hope, blessing, comfort. Uh, and that's what our staff love. They know that when we talk about salvation in Jesus Christ, we're giving a balm to the world, one that nothing else can provide. Medical care can't help in many cases. Governments are not helping in many cases. Unemployment is rampant, but yet People are soothed by knowing that FEBC is talking about the one thing that can't be taken away by this world. Let's play uh, something from a listener in China. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? This lady that sent us this, uh, I don't know if it was an email or a letter she sent to us. Yeah, I'd love to share it with our listeners today. It's very typical of the kind of responses that we get by the thousands. At one point uh, in China, before the advent of email and text messages, we would receive handwritten letters in the Hong Kong office. And it was a joy and a burden as well, because at one point we got over 800,000 letters in the office. The burden in that is getting enough people to open them and actually read them. The joy yes. is one after another after another, just like this letter you're about to hear. Right that really express gratitude in the heart and explain what FEBC does. This is very typical of what we hear from places like China. It all started with my great, 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 
grandmother, who first tuned into FEBC's Liangyou Radio in China 50-some years ago. Later, after being called by God to become a pastor, my great-grandfather established the Christian faith in our family. I'm the sixth generation of Christians. My children are the seventh. Our journey of faith was not without difficulties. At the lowest point 40-some years ago, when living conditions in China were real bad, it was impossible to gather in church. When our family's spiritual life was very fragile, God introduced us to FEBC. It was like discovering a priceless treasure. Liangyou Radio sowed a lot of seeds in our family. Now my seven children and their families are Christians. We all serve God. If it were not for broadcasters at FBC who helped us keep our eyes on Jesus, this would not be possible. As a child, I loved listening to their program till I fell asleep. My grandma also listened to Liangyou Radio and shared much of what she learned with others. What your grandmother told us was much better than the dumplings we have at Spring Festival, her friends told me. When I returned to China for a visit, I was grateful I could still hear those familiar voices and programs, which evoked many beautiful childhood memories. Liangyou Radio is part of our family life to this day. It is such an honor to convey our gratitude on this special anniversary and to testify for the Lord. Thank you, FEBC. Wow, I would say it is such an honor to serve an organization in some tiny capacity Mm. that results in those kinds of testimonies. And to hear from people like that generation after generation has meant so much to her and her family listening to these kinds of testimonies even after nine years still brings a lump in my throat as to the impact that the gospel can have in such distant remote and oppressed places like china Hmm. and uh i hope that no matter how long i serve at the far east broadcasting company Hearing those kinds of testimonies will never become commonplace, and I'll never take that for granted. I stand on the shoulders of people who have been doing this for 75 years now, great servants of Christ, broadcasters, administrators, started by my friend, the late Dr. Bob Bowman, whose kind and compassionate heart, his humble demeanor, got this all started. And if he could hear that testimony today, he would just say, wow, the men and women of FEBC have done a good job. Ed Cannon on the new podcast, Until All Have Heard. Victor Okteroff joins us next in just a moment. 
I so enjoyed listening to the message that FEBC shared on the internet recently. Although I cannot attend church or any meetings during this epidemic, I am finding peace and learning so much through your programs. Praise the Lord. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. Today highlights from the new podcast, Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. Here's Russian Ministries Director Viktor Okhtarov talking with Ed Cannon. I was fortunate enough to uh, to be growing up in a Christian family because um, in in the school where I was, about a thousand people, students there, I was the only Christian. Mm. I was the only guy not wearing the red tie. Oh. Uh, and when, when people ask me, well, um, when did you make the first kind of profession of faith? It was when I was 11 and I was standing before my class, all my friends, and I decided to uh, to tell them I'm not going to be a pioneer or the young communist. And the teacher said, why? And I said, I'm, I'm a Christian. So that was my first kind of a formative, I would say, profession of faith uh, when, when you do it in, in the face of opposition. So that was my, my childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was in between um, prison terms. He spent two times in, in Soviet prisons for his faith. So, mm. so of he, course, you hear all the stories, and, and, and that's, that's how my, I, I was growing up. So he was in prison because he was preaching the gospel? He was in prison because they built uh, a church in a town where there was no church, and yeah. it was all illegal, unofficial, and five of, uh, mm. five of them were sent to, to, to prison, mm. and that's, mm. that was his, his first term. Mm. Mm. What was his profession? What, what did he do to feed the family? Well, uh, he was working all kinds of jobs. Um, um, the best job that he has uh, was being a scientist in Moscow, working in one of the most prestigious universities, having five assistants with PhDs and um, working on laser light technologies. Hmm. And he was um, fired from that job because he was a Christian. Hmm. Hmm. When he was um, uh, close to dying, we had this conversation with him for a couple hours, just Hmm. sitting, chatting about everything, Hmm. family and and everything. And I was um, kind of thinking, I said, Dad, what was the most difficult part uh, of your life? And I thought he would speak about some prison experiences. He went through some horrible stuff there, of course. And he said, you know what? Saying no to that scientific job was the the biggest sacrifice. I had to say no to my dream, to my passion, Mm -hmm. um, because the bigger passion was to follow Jesus and and bring people to him. It was kind of um, amazing for me to sit next to that Mm -hmm. hospital Mm -hmm. bed. And I dared to ask him, a second question, and I said, Dad, since you're being honest here, tell me if you uh, ever felt sorry for making that choice. And he was he was weak at that point, but he just started laughing and said, of course not. Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. Uh, nothing compares to the, to the gospel mm. of Jesus Christ and to, to the way we uh, we can interact with it and bring um, bring it to other people. Mm. So many great lessons for us here in the United States who put a totally different 
meaning on sacrifice for the Lord. Uh, one of my favorite verses, it's in three of the Gospels, but it, Jesus says, if you would be my disciple, and everybody remembers you'll pick up your cross daily and follow me, but very few recall what comes before that. He says, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And I think your father, Victor, has personified the deny yourself piece for the sacrifice of the Lord. And it's great for us to hear those kinds of stories because we just don't really see those kinds of examples as much here as as you've actually lived through. But you also find yourself as you deny yourself yeah. uh, in Jesus. That's yeah. and that, that's a part of his message as well. Yeah. Victor took me when we were visiting Ukraine to see the small house that he grew up in, and uh, it's a cute little town. But the houses were very, very small, very, very humble. Uh, the interesting part, though, I remember, is only miles away from this location uh, is a war-torn section of Ukraine, and. It it doesn't make really the news here in the United States as it probably should, but you've seen great devastation and tremendous loss of life in Ukraine at the, at the moment. You want to say a few words about that? It is it is painful. I have friends um, on both sides uh, of the conflict, and that makes it even even more painful. Um, people that I went to school with. Uh, some of them were fighting on one side, some of them were fighting on the other side. And and today, uh, of course, we are dealing with the aftermath uh, math mm. of uh, mm. all mm. of this and just, mm. uh, just ministering to people who are confused, who don't know what to do, how do we deal with mm. our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, we were killing our own people. Uh, was it the right thing to do? Mm. That's the question that mm. our counselors hear the most. Mm. Mm. Uh, especially from soldiers, the ministers live the same life, mm -hmm. and they also lost relatives. They mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. lost neighbors. Mm -hmm. They also are conflicted. So, mm -hmm. but they have Jesus, and the difference yeah. is just amazing. As you see, yeah. uh, how people who are going through the same stuff, but have Jesus minister to those who don't have yeah. Jesus. Yeah. To make it real, uh, let me share a couple of the examples uh, that when Victor and I were there, we were building a new radio station in a small town in the war zone and the day that we were putting the transmitter in service one of the staff the technical staff working for febc there in ukraine had a soft cast on his foot and just to make casual conversation i said gee what happened to your uh, what happened to your foot there and he said well yesterday when i was running around getting some parts and getting ready a stray bullet hit me in the ankle so he's just wandering around on the streets doing his job. He's not involved in the war. He's not a soldier, but a bullet hit him in the ankle. And it's just that's that's part of life there. We visited a small church in the in the war-torn area and it was a wonderful pastor, just very godly and 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 welcoming. We sat in his church and had a cup of tea. And he said, "We used to have 250 or 300 people coming every Sunday, but now that the war's going on, Everyone's afraid to come out, and so last Sunday we only had five or six. But his joy wasn't deterred. It didn't matter to him that he didn't have a big church. He was thrilled to be able to serve God to his small audience and now point them to the radio broadcast where they could listen in the safety of their own homes and still hear God's Word. So 
And speaking about that, that church, uh, one of his friends, his deacon in the church said, you know what, God is calling me to go to the neighboring city that was destroyed mm. um, by the war. Mm. Uh, and he went there and started going uh, house to house. And on the first Sunday, he had 30 people in his new church. Wow. And uh, he says, the best tool I have, those people who never been to church, mm. says the best tool I have is, is if you see radio, I mm. can uh, mm. tell them to listen. They mm. listen. Mm. They come back. We mm. discuss it. Yeah. Well, the best part about FEBC radio is not our transmitters or our antennas or the power of radio. It's the people. Our number one asset are the staff. And Victor, I know you've you've lost some staff in Ukraine, haven't you? You want to share just a little bit with our audience about that? Well, yes, we uh, did during those uh, those um, times. Um, when lawlessness was was um, the word uh, of, on the streets, uh, we lost four of our volunteers. One of them in particular, uh, his name is also Victor, and he was one of the most joyful broadcasters uh, we had. Uh, just a volunteer broadcaster, a businessman. Mm. He would come on Monday and talk about what God is doing in his life. And then he would talk about fishing, and then uh, he would talk about and I also went to church, and people would start calling and asking questions and arguing with him and laughing together. They, uh, four of them, were uh, arrested just coming out of the church and, um, and t- taken, disappeared. The family did not know for a month mm. um, what was happening. So, as we learned uh, later, they were killed the same night. Mm. And... Uh, even later on, I was talking to one lady who was in the building where they were tortured. Mm. And um, she's not a Christian. Uh, she was describing to me and said, you know, they were put in this little cage that had in that building. And they covered their eyes with duct tape. And she said, I did not know what to do. I kind of was scared. I did not know what is coming. Maybe they were, would be killed. So she said, I went to the um, backside, a uh, different corner of the room. It was a big room. She said, two sounds I heard coming from, from that corner. Uh, their bones being broken with big sticks. And she said, they were singing your Christian songs. Hmm. The lady looked into my eyes and said, Victor, I don't know what you people have inside of you. Hmm. And Victor... I think I have the story correct that the same room, the same jail where those men were being tortured, your father had been put in jail at that same building, right? Years ago, yes. Years ago during the Soviet times, uh, he, would, he was held in the same building. And when he, he was arrested, he didn't come home. Uh, we went to that building with my sister and um, indeed found out that, that he, was, he was imprisoned. Hmm. Those are amazing stories of faith. You've been listening to a highlight of the new podcast from the Far East Broadcasting Company called Until All Have Heard. We heard Victor Oktaroff speaking with Ed Cannon. For complete episodes, you'll find this FEBC podcast at Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify, or other podcast platforms. Just search for Until All Have Heard, and then your review or rating helps to spread the word about these stories. You'll also find this first-person program at those same podcast locations or use our free smartphone app to download and listen to interviews at your convenience. Search for First Person Interview in your app store. 
One more thing, to see a schedule of upcoming interviews, go to firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.